Hi, this is Kate from ADHDKidsCanThrive.com. Thank you for listening. For this week's podcast, I decided to post a recording that I did with a very dear friend named Lisa about two years ago during COVID times. She also is raising a son who struggles with challenges related to ADHD. I'm very thankful for Lisa agreeing to join me in an episode to share her wisdom and insights that she's gained as a parent on her own journey. I really do think that we can all learn and feel supported when we're listening to others share their stories that seem and feel more relatable. So in this podcast, her son was still at that time in high school and a teenager. And since this recorded episode, her son has successfully graduated from high school and he will be attending college in the fall. Now, I never aired this conversation in the past because it wasn't clear to me at that time how ADHD Kids Can Thrive was going to evolve into this podcast. But for a summer episode, it felt like good timing to bring it out of the closet and share it with you all. So let me know what you think. And if you find that listening to stories from other parents who are sharing what they've learned on their journey as helpful to you, let me know because we can do more of these kind of episodes if you are indeed enjoying them. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it and enjoy the show. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, we are, um, we are old friends, not to say we're friends that are old, but we have known each other um, through a different industry. Uh, We both had our little girls that are now turning 20 at the same time. I can, I remember. And we worked in radio. We did. We We were still in radio and now we're on the radio. And or the new version of it. The new version of radio. But we are, but if I think about it, we, we both had uh, two girls at the exact same time. And then we had two boys. I had a boy. You had a boy. We didn't have two boys, but we, uh, but they are um, two kids that uh, have similar challenges and, yeah. and so I do think it, it is a little interesting and, and um, so we do and have that's a lot kind of, of, we do, we do. We've mm-hmm. kind of lived these little things keep bringing us back together in life. And in fact, when I came to visit you in Seattle, we were having breakfast just to catch up. And when we were catching up on Four everything, hours later. Yeah. yes, we in that conversation, we connected the dots that we both were raising uh, young boys who had similar issues. And so that created a whole nother connection that, that the two of us have. You know, it, it's, um, I'm very proud of the book that you wrote that, um, I feel like I was the first one to read it hot off the press. Um, but, uh, this is how we roll was something that, um, I hadn't seen before. And something that when I was done reading it, which I, I mean, I don't believe I put it down. I, I'm not exaggerating. I don't think I got a cup of tea, went to sleep, fixed a meal. I literally opened it and finished it all the way through. And just because there was um, so many parallels, so many similarities, um, I was waiting for the next shared um, frustration. And how did you, you know, approach that? And, um, I have, some, I have big takeaways from that, that I'm not, I, I'm not just blowing sunshine, literally have made my life happier from reading it. Oh, you're very kind. You're very well, kind. It's, it's a hard okay. thing to do that, you know, I would say to open yourself and be, 
um, that um, raw about everything that a family has to go to through. Biggest takeaway I had, if you don't mind. Yeah, shoot, right go now. for it. Yeah. Biggest takeaway I, I, I took from um, just listening to the different analogies and timelines and um, all the different things that moms and dads do to, um, you know, try and normalize, for lack of a better word, uh, a kid that's struggling to, uh, you know, maintain focus and move down whatever, you know, playing field they're moving down. But the, the biggest takeaway I had was um, that you have to meet that kid where they're at. Um, I felt that was brilliant that you, um, you, 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 we, we so desperately feel like we have to, and especially I think you, you and I are similar because our girls, you know, were, you know, doing all sorts of, uh, you know, curing cancer and running for governor and other things like that. And then you've got your, your sons where you're like, okay, you know, all this boyish energy, what, uh, and I just need to, uh, you know, make sure this kid's okay, make sure that his self-esteem during, you know, adolescence isn't, uh, you know, harmed, um, that he, that he feels confident and capable. And, you know, so all those things you do, whether you get, I don't know, SAT flashcards or tutors or, um, you know, swivel chairs, you, you fight with finding the right uh, cocktail on medication, whatever it is. Um, it's, it, I think that the daily message that really warmed my heart and also rang so true is just every day you just have to meet that kid where they're at. Bill, um, by, you know, normal measures, um, and the word normal doesn't even seem to have a place in life anymore, but, um, you know, that they'll be able to be where they need to be, to be, go out into the world and, and make choices and be successful. Um, and the big elephant in the room for anybody with an ADHD kid right now is that online learning um, is exacerbated times. I don't even know what yeah. um, for a kid with ADHD, the, the engagement piece we had to learn um, was, uh, boy, it, it's just a hit. And they, they, every every distraction is a distraction. We did everything from, I if if you could see my little little study area for him, it has a a bike with a place to put your computer, like a recumbent bike. Oh, it's got awesome. a pivot chair where you'll fall off it if you don't pay attention. It's got one of those chairs you lean on with your shins. <laughs> um, just for the mobility enacting that, um, the, uh, the part of your brain where, um, if you're kinetic, it engages the frontal you know, yes. lobe and, and you stand a chance at listening and, and yet still, uh, I'm like, things don't get turned in. I've actually even thought about, um, just redoing this year. And because the biggest thing is they're giving away A's, you know, they're like, you turn stuff in and, and I don't know that he's learning anything. I'm watching and I, I can see the, the, it's just, uh, you know, a whole level. Tough. Yes. Yeah. Really tough. It has been tough, but and is, he um, in, is he a sophomore in high school? He is a sophomore. sophomore so okay. he's just starting to get the cadence that you expect from high school in okay so now you got through school now we've got like four hours of you know 
some homework in, which is, that's just not going to happen, right? You got to take your wins where you can get them. But, you know, where he was just starting to get on board and I do all the supportive things I can, um, you know, during a normal school year, uh, which is just get the work in and then review it really hard. And then I did feel like he's learning something. I see accumulative learning. Um, Hester's in general, probably because we all have a degree of, you know, ADHD. We um, struggle with math because one day you can be focused, but, you know, the next two days, maybe you're not. You're, you know, you're looking out the window and you building blocks that, you know, tend to um, get missed. And then, then, you know, if you're a, a 14 year old boy, you know, going into 15, going to 16, um, you just feel like the other people are in the room, get it and you don't. And it tends to tank you a little bit. Um, And I've, I've been impressed to watch how Cameron handles that, but um, you know, you just want to protect them from that. And how does he handle it? You what know, is Cameron kind of a- handled it early on. Um, we we diagnosed him probably right around third grade, fourth grade. Though when I look back and I took him to like preschool, right as he was turning three at Challenger, and I'd come to pick him up and he'd be the one kid removed. And the teacher would be like, we had to, Cameron was a little bit too social. So we had to remove him from the circle that, I mean, when I look back indicators were always there but it wasn't until third and or third and fourth grade when um i uh even though he was still getting you know these you know a's and b's in math which i thought was interesting i get i did a independent school to try and get him into my daughter's um private school going into middle school and he you can you were measured one through a hundred and um there was only one kid who got a one <laughs> and, and, and he, and I was like, well, even if you speak English on multiple choice, you should hit somewhere around 25% at the very worst. And he got a one. And so I took him to the, uh, and, and I had him evaluated and I said, look, what is true here? Is he either getting A's and B's in math or is he whiffing hard and um, had them test him and he really had so many missing building blocks that when you do a cumulative math test, it's just, it's Russian. He just didn't even know where to start. Do you think he was just kind of memorizing things when he was young? I think he was. And if he had memorized it. Yeah. So the, the thing that I took out of that, like how does Cameron cope um, was that he, uh, he does stay attentive. He has a strong desire to be on the right side of the law. So when they're turning stuff in, he'll still do his best. And for the most part in elementary school, that's how they measure you. Um, not necessarily whether you're getting it or not. And so Cameron, um, you know, follows that. He, he, he also social, you know, as far as his um, just social sense, social emotional, he early on just either who he is or as a coping mechanism for half the time feeling like other people get it and I don't, he, um, he uh, you know, compliments other people. Like in, instead of waiting for them to say, you know, you know, you're, you seriously don't get it. He's like, I'm really impressed with how you were able to, or, and, and I saw that a couple of times as a, when, when I um, was in fourth grade, I was, volunteered to be one of the the you know room moms uh-huh 
so I, it wasn't like a special day when I was there and he was, you know, trying to be ultra, you know, boy scout polite. I was there a lot and I saw him do that. So uh, he, he went going into ninth grade in a big public school um, because he got a one on all the, on the private school entry exam. <laughs> so in the public school, he got able to do, he um, was the um, junior uh, or not junior, sorry. The um, I think they, they called the class representative. So out of a 15, oh. school of 1500 for the first. So he's super popular kid yes. that um, super struggles academically to just stay attentive. And, and uh, so he, sometimes very socially days, dynamic. Yeah. He, he definitely um, is liked. He's a likable kid. He, he tends to be the, um, ADHD that is inattentive, but not impulsive. So he, he as far as the emotional um, or the, uh, you know, cries easily or is frustrated or punching or, you know, impulse control is not one of his struggles. His oh, is it's staying on task. Okay. Yeah. All right. So t did you ever do any kind of medication interventions with him? So right about that time when in fourth grade, when I said, okay, so what is the real issue here? I took him to ADD um, center of Bellevue here in Washington. And um, they immediately diagnosed him as, yep, clear case, clear case of inattentive ADHD. And um, I was resistant because um, you know, I was like, didn't know what, I, I knew it was amphetamines. I knew it was a controlled substance. I, I didn't know exactly what it meant. I didn't know at the time about um, that, you know, the ADHD brains. Um, I think there's a, a very cute book called, or uh, like all dogs have ADHD. Another thing I've heard where kids have, you know, uh, race car brains, but Volkswagen brakes and that, yes. you know, the um, the association they make with the norepinephrine and dopamine being able to meet the receptor, uh, which is, you know, easy in a normal brain. Yes. But in an ADHD kid, you're, you're constantly fighting in that. And amphetamine or any stimulant um, tends to, you know, level that out and give them a fighting chance to learn. So it took me a while to feel comfortable with medication because I didn't understand what the medication was doing. I didn't understand that it's one of the only, um, the only ways that uh, it has uh, like almost no side effects. You can quit it at any time while some people, you know, you do have, you know, the amphetamine kind of withdrawal uh, because you kind of get used to that high. It's still something where it's not going to have an impact on you, you know, physically. Say something that really does help, um, especially I would say for kids that are middle school, high school, and gives them a chance, a fighting chance to learn. So we did eventually get in, get on board. Um, we're not perfect about that. There are times when he just doesn't want to take it because it affects his appetite. Yeah. And how just how he feels. Um, but we we went from we did the whole circuit from Concerta, you know, um, in kind of Ritalin derivatives, um, Adderall. Uh, we have landed with a, an like an, a, a um, Vivance, um, which is extended release of three amphetamines that are 
manufactured, not like Adderall, which um, is one that you can, you know, uh, t- you know, take. And then if you if you want to get it out of your system, you can take like vitamin C, like some orange juice, and so you stand right. a chance Flush of going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we, you know, we're we're going through what everybody goes through, which is the which cocktail works, which one, um, you know, Vyvanse seems to almost be invisible after a while. You don't feel it. You don't feel the surges. Um, and it goes past, um, you know, past school into what would be the first couple of hours before dinner when you, you know, you want some homework time and then it's okay by dinner. And so, and then they sleep okay. Um, so Vyvanse worked for us. And then I also will have on hand um, a, a little bit of like small 10 milligrams of um, Adderall for when he uh, either has a tutoring session or like a tu- like a coaching or somewhere where he will benefit from up front and center. Now, here's another cool thing that I've kind of come across recently. Um, Do I, tell. I know. This is actually recent. <laughs> and I haven't had a chance to even tell, talk to you about it. But in uh, we... Um, came across this ADHD counseling coaching really. And it's uh, for adults. They wouldn't even take kids under 17 until I called them. And you know how that can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took Cameron because I begged them and, and he has benefited <laughs> greatly. And what it is, is it's uh, essentially it's tools for working with any of the um, executive function. So that's where Cameron that's his kryptonite. I mean, his, um, like we can be walking out the door and again, my kid's 16 now and I have to tell him to put his shoes on. And so at some point you just got to stop and just go to the car and hope he figures it out. But this was what I was hoping this coaching would address. And it has in, in just about the most amazing way. Uh, what I've are heard, these educational therapists who are working with them? They, these are or just an ADHD um, coach. Is that the yeah? They, their their byline is skills, not pills. They uh, because the the founder and I I regrettably cannot remember her name off the top of my head right now, but I can look it up. Um, I want to say Suzanne, uh, but it's ADHD coaching. Is okay. I think, and I think that might even be just the dot com. But she, she uh, had some sensitivity. She, she, she could not take the medications of any kind. She even said she can't take like Tylenol. There's something with her system. But she, um, as an ADHD sufferer of sorts, had to learn different ways, and learned, you know, the benefit of like connectivity and awakening, you know, the frontal lobe. Um, you know, a lot of times people don't get this, but a, a kid with ADHD sitting in a math class where everything's supposed to be quiet and still looking at a board, a problem goes up. The other kids brain, you know, they the blood kind of flows to the front and they go to work kid with ADHD. It's almost like you're taking like magnets, which suck the life out of them. They just, it's almost like they go to sleep. The, the blood rushes the other direction. So they learn this association with, um, movement. And so if you are doing multiplication with your third grader and you, and you toss a ball, to where while you're doing it, you go three times three. And when they catch it, you know, they say nine and then um, they do one and they throw it and you catch it and tell them, you know, in case there's one they don't know. And it turned out to be this simple, weird little thing. And it doesn't have to be in a yard. Like you can, you can do it with um, any little thing that where they're forced to move. That's why those fidget spinners, I never understood the 
why they needed those. I thought they were a distraction, if anything. But right. what it is, is whether you're clicking a pin or your your legs going a million miles, miles an hour or you're, you know, getting up, you know, to sharpen your pencil and a distracting amount, it's because you have to engage that. And as an adult with ADHD, I learned that it can turn into something where you, you, um, set yourself up. Like, for example, I had an issue. I'm very sorry if my mother is going to hear this, but I had an issue where like, I wouldn't pay my tabs, like my, my registration. And every time I passed a cop, I would get a surge of adrenaline and it would awaken me. And adrenaline is like your, your body's best way to kind of, you feel kind of normal. It's your, your own body kind of leveling itself out if you have ADHD. So unfortunately you get, and you have to really watch it with teenage boys is you get a propensity for that kind of rush to balance and it can be racing cars. It can be doing risky anything. Um, And so things, drugs, alcohol, you know, all the things that we're, you know, keep us up at night for teenagers. Having a girlfriend, having a boyfriend. Any version of, you know, (laughs) how do I monitor that? Yeah. Yeah, And so as an adult, I, I personally have had to catch myself. I'm like, why are you not paying a bill just to wait for it to see if, you know, they, (laughs) they turn the lights off. What are you doing? Meaning, and it tends, it's a, it's literally, uh, you know, ADHD as an adult, it comes out in not super attractive ways that you um, look for rushes, uh, cheap little rushes, and you can get them in other ways, Starbucks, other, other uh, different ways, which I've, when I, when I acknowledge it, I um, have this other little thing that I do um, that I, I do also want to mention just for any mom out there who happened to pass ADHD down to her, her son and or daughter, but uh, Mel Robbins has been my new little um, saving grace. She's, she's the at Mel Robbins. She um, is an author and a, and a host. And she uh, has a couple simple things. One of which is a big thing with ADHD. Um, Does Mel Robbins have adult ADHD? Or had uh, a- yeah, I think she okay. she admittedly has anxiety, depression, um, ADHD, um, and she's also just a an incredibly coherent, attentive to detail uh, about how to manage that. Um, she she had this one uh, one episode that talks about procrastination and perfectionism and you know the paralyzation that comes from that into a very simple thing which is a just a an adult version of the uh, trying to manage executive function is uh, you know when you, you procrastinate if you you have ADHD you procrastinate that bill you just let sit there dishes pile up um, all the things that you that represent a stressor with yes. work, things you it's don't why you do. delay your homework until the last exactly minute. right yeah. and and so the the ADHD coaching that I have for Cameron is addressing that with um, the uh, you know I can hear his coach in his room say okay and five four three two one which is what this uh, Mel Robbins does where she said listen if there's something that you don't want to do there's a stressor attached to it you just you can't quite get started. It just seems impossible and all that. All the reasons we avoid things. Say it's a pile of laundry. 
Um, she goes, you just go five, four, three, two, one. And you just tell yourself you're going to do five minutes of it. And great news is that, you know, over 80% will continue to finish it, right? So it turns out to be this great little tool where in your head, you just don't make a big deal of it. And I thought, okay, this is, this is just, you know, this is just a t-shirt moment, <laughs> you know, to, this is a novelty, but it totally works. <laughs> it wor it totally okay. works for me. Good to yeah. know. And is it yeah. working I, with Cameron I, too? It works for Cameron too. He, um, he, we, one of the things that uh, was kind of a tool prior to the, how do you just kind of avoid, you know, jump into something you're procrastinating about was um, changing your state. And so his coach Taylor had him uh, where for two minutes set a timer and, he, and he would do jumping jacks and burpees and, you know, and, and do it to music. Uh, it turns out Cameron doesn't like jumping jacks and burpees. I don't really know anybody who does, but what Cameron will do is he will, um, you know, do these other little kind of calisthenics and dancing kind of things for two minutes, which is that, um, you know, literally releasing energy from the mitochondria and lactic, you know, all, all the different things that essentially, in, you know, enliven your brain. Um, and if you punch really fast or if you do anything like that, you literally feel like you just had a cup of coffee. You right. dance around, change your state. Yeah, don't. If a kid is sitting, you know, doing online learning on the couch with a blanket, kind of prone, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Happening. Yeah, they got to sit up. They've got to they kind of do that Tony Robbins thing where if you sit up straight, you put a big, you know, smile on your face and you look kind of stupid. But you you feel the. Um, the the energy difference that that comes from the physical change, and so that is one thing, one tool, changing your physical state. The other is that five, four, three, two, one. Do it for five minutes. Avoid procrastination. Just do the easiest thing. Which I think, you know, we we were of the era, you know, the Stephen Covey and um, you know M. Scott Peck, where they were like, uh, you know, delayed gratification and do the hardest thing first. And for me. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do the hardest thing first, I'm going to do that like after I watch some TV and have a snack <laughs> because right. the hardest thing. So they, they've kind of shifted that. To you never want to do the hardest right thing. You never want to do the hardest thing. So little things tend to also, you know, not get done. So, I mean, it's just a constant battle and it kind of does circle around to. You know, some days you're the windshield, some days you're the bug in ADHD. Sometimes you have that recall. Sometimes the, you know, the, the reception, the, the receptors are off and you can't remember some basics. And, you know, the one thing I, I, I think COVID has also done, because we've been really hunkered down um, and more isolated then, you know, I don't know, we're, we're really isolated. So one thing it has done for me, though, is um, kind of get some perspective on what really matters. And for both of my kids, um, one, one of my kids is like, couldn't go to school in Manhattan, where she got into this really, you know, ambitious um, school and is trying to, you know, crank it on all cylinders. But she is uh, with her, um, boyfriend person that is doing a, a school there and they're kind of living a Nicholas Sparks novel, you know, in Monterey. Um, and, uh, and she will send things like pictures of seagulls and, and little crabs. And then it's kind of hit me, this COVID time has given us all a reset 
to where yeah. you your moms are given kind of permission to you don't have to necessarily you know, from the second they walk into high school, be rushing your ADHD kids through SAT drills. Um, I really feel that. I feel like right oh, now. I if, agree. Yeah. I, I feel, do you feel just a reset, right? Where people, um, you know, that, you know, right now I, I just want them, I just want them to be happy. Just really. So they're playing a little yes, bit more. I kind Xbox. Of, we, we slowed down on the, uh, the rigor of yes. school. Of testing, it gave us permission. You were forced and to. doing hours of homework, and you know, yeah, schoolwork, schoolwork, schoolwork to get ahead. It gave, I don't think we ever would have let up for fear of what that would would mean. And so, yes. just because at some point you're like, uh, this, I can't. This is broken. I really just want him to learn, and I, um, you know, so I, I feel like right now, if I have a kid who's spending too much time on Xbox. But if you think about it, Kate, if we were, if you and I were smart enough um, to have figured out, hey, if there ever was a pandemic and teenagers who super rely on, you know, their friendships to be mentally well, um, if we were to, you know, to create something where they can have headphones and see each other and play a game together for part of the day, then I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm not going to be the Xbox Nazi anymore. Right. Right. I'm, I'm gaming is allowed it. during the pandemic. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and then I think, but I think it also again takes me all the way back to meet the kid where they're at. Sometimes, you know, you can't ask them to go right from, um, you know, trying to focus when it's really just a talking box, um, to then hours of you know homework. To it, it, they, you know, everybody needs to get out and move and have friends and um, just feel balanced and healthy. Is it harder with an ADHD kid? Yes. Some days are better than others. Yes. Um, yes. But um, yeah, I, I think I just want them. Ultimately, I just want them, both my kids happy. I don't care if they're burning it up or whatever. I really mean it. I, yeah. And do you think you kind of reset on that during the pandemic? Yeah, I, I totally. And, and, you know, Avalon was um, suffering from like anxiety and depression and, um, and but cranking out some amazing things. She was like the freshman spotlight at her school and, but she was really unhappy. Um, she actually had to get married to her, um, this, this boyfriend that she had. So you're like, what? Because if not, they, they basically were uh, not able to live together. And during a pandemic, you either live with your mom or, you know, because you're not, you're not Manhattan. So they've created this amazing thing where they are together and they're both doing online school and they have a kitten and they are a block from the pier in Monterey. And, and then you just see, you know, the texts come over of, you know, plants and painting and, um, you know, what teachers said and, you know, yeah, when you take the pressure off all of a sudden, um, Oh, it's peach season, juicy peaches. I mean, just, you know, enjoying that. And, and Cameron has always been that. And all he wants is for me to be happy. That's it. I, the, the currency I have over Cameron is if I, if something, if he feels I'm disappointing in him, he just, falls apart so for me i've i've completely just let that down i'm like guess what i'm never disappointed ever i am 
I, if you're happy, I'm happy. We're doing the best we can. When you need help, ask for it. And um, so that's kind Fantastic. of how we're getting by now. That's lovely. All right. Tell me about, um, just kind of summarize for me, like what a mom who is just figuring out her kid has ADHD, what would you tell her to do? And kind of what not to worry about and what she should focus on. Oh my gosh, that's such a good question coming full circle. Um, and I don't even know where I'm at in the circle, but let's see. Uh, you know, the one thing again, and I, again, I took a lot of this from listening and reading through your, your uh, experiences and, and different analogies similar to mine, where um, just meet that kid where they're at, just be okay with where they're at on that day. And um, get the tools uh, because ultimately uh, there is a window of learning and you do want to position them to, um, to manage that well. And if it means medication, just realize that we're all chemistry projects. You know, it's, it's like uh, having ADHD is like having low blood sugar. It's hard to focus, right? You're, if you don't get, you know, a glass of orange juice, you're not going to be able to conjugate an English verb. So you need to just handle the chemistry well. Um, with anything, um, it's just good biologics. It's making sure they get enough sleep, making sure that they um, have a routine is huge, um, that they're already on the right path before they realize there's an option to do something else. It benefits kids greatly that they have. Um, all the things that you, you need as far as exercise and eating well. I know it sounds kind of, um, you know, like rote, but the fact is um, handling the biologics. If you've got a kid that is tired, hungry, uh, you're fighting stuff other than just a dopamine, you know, serotonin imbalance. So, um, you know, address those things first. Make sure they go to bed on time. Make sure they know when dinner is. Make sure they have a clean area to study that they know that they have to be there. Make sure that early on, like third grade, they get planners and they get used to writing and knowing when things are due so that they don't have to rely on remembering it. Um, if they have to remember it, they won't. They'll feel bad about themselves and it could have been averted. So uh, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, just pour love on the kid all the time. Look for things they're doing right. You know, if they are... Um, you know, when Cameron at, uh, 15, just cause he just turned 16, um, took the garbage out. I thought I was going to cry without being asked. <laughs> I literally am like, is he hiding something? I'm like, trying to remember that he was going into what was the motivation. And it just happened that uh, enough routine where when they see you doing this and then you've asked them enough times and then they get some, some sense of normalcy and it, and it, it doesn't come as easily to them as others. And you have to remember that so that um, you, you know, I, I think kids uh, will look back at their childhood at how you made them feel right. Versus, you know, um, how did, how, like when they think of you and home and, uh, was it constantly critical? Was it what you aren't? Was it why can't you be more like your sister? Was it um, are you a slow learner? Why you know what what is it that I have to do to you know? Or is it you know you're pointing out the things whether it's the smallest thing ever of um, you know that they're doing right. 
it's like I saw that choice I appreciate that and it and it just makes them feel better so they're happy no matter what and ultimately as I've said in all of this pandemic and every other weird thing going on um, that's all I care about if I died tomorrow all I want is for them to know how to create happiness